All right. Well, I said it at the beginning. I'll say it again. Happy Mother's Day. We made it, right? We're here. Awesome. Um, man, as I, there's, a, Mother's Day is always kind of a weird one for churches sometimes. There's always kind of this weird pressure as a, even as I'm finding out as like a pastor to teach, you know, what am I going to teach on Sunday, you know, and we're Calvary Chapel. We just go kind of verse by verse through the Bible. So it's like, do I stop what I'm doing to, to focus on something more Mother's Day? I read the, our scripture on where we're at and uh, it's all about God's love this morning. So what better way to celebrate Mother's Day than, than to just have this reminder of God's love for us. But um Man, I do just want to honor the mothers in the room. We're so thankful for the awesome mothers in the room. I also just want to recognize the the mothers that uh, out there that have lost children, uh, maybe don't have a good relationship with your mom or or your kids, and uh, and just say that this message this morning is for you too. That 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 God loves us all, and and that we're all here together as a church family and uh and God just meets us where we're at this morning. So so happy to see you guys wherever you guys are at uh and and you're loved and you're honored and we love you. Let's pray before we get into the word this morning. Heavenly Father, I just uh pray this morning that you just uh be with us. God, give us what we need to hear this morning, God, which is just a reminder of your love for us. God, we just ask that there is, if there is any hurt or shame that, that people have brought in here, any uh, trauma, anything from anybody's past, God, that we know through your love, God, that, that that's what matters. And God, we just give us peace through you, through your love this morning. God, we pray for, <clears throat> oh, voice, man. We pray that, uh, that everybody in this room today just leave here uh, just having a better relationship with you, God. Having mended some things uh, through your love this morning, God. God, just open our hearts. Let us receive this message this morning, God. Let your Holy Spirit fill this place, God. We pray these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. All right. So if you guys want to open your Bibles this morning to 1 John chapter 4, we're going to start in verse 7. We're going all the way to the end. That's a huge chunk of scripture today. Um, I'm up for the task, if you guys are. Um, I think it's 14 verses, but I think it says the word love like 23 times in these 14 verses. And, and so this really is just, uh, as we go through the book of 1 John, uh, we're kind of cycling back to something else John's already talked about once, which is loving God and loving people. And as we dive into the our message this morning, we're, we really are just going to see, as, as I prayed through what to teach and, and what to talk about, I just really kept feeling God just say, this is just a time this morning, this Sunday, where we're just going to, together as a church, just remember God's love this morning. And it's just so simple. So I'm going to spend the next 30 minutes up here just reminding you guys that Jesus loves you. God loves you. And, and that's really all it's going to be this morning. And sometimes that's what we need. Sometimes that's what we need to hear. 
Let's jump into it. Verse seven says, beloved, let us love one another. For the love, for love is of God and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, but for God is love. In this, the love of God was manifested towards us that God has sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love has been perfected in us. By this, we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us his Holy Spirit. And we have seen and testified that the father has sent his son as savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the son of God, God abides in him and he in God. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love. And he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in the world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he does not love his brother whom he has seen. How can he love God who he has not seen? And this commandment we have from him, that he who loves God must love his brother also. <clears throat> well, like I said, a big chunk of scripture, and, and really it just speaks for itself though this morning. This message is clear. It's a message that John's brought up in his epistle a few times already. We need to love God, and, and through that, we need to be people loving other people because that's what God's called us to do. God wants us uh, to know his love on such a level that we can go out and do our best to try to spread that love to, to others this morning. You guys feel that love? You guys know that love this morning? Loving one another and loving God go hand in hand. They're linked together. Every time uh, John speaks of God's love, he goes into how we need to love others. And so we're just going to spend some time this morning remembering how great God is. And that his love should be everything that we need. I think we get so caught up, so busy in the world, so busy about if we're doing enough, if we're um, uh, whatever it is that holds us back that we can just lose sight that the God of the universe loves us. And as we look into these three things, or as we look into the scripture this morning, we're going to see three things that uh, we can really break down in this. But if you, again, if you take anything else away from this message this morning, uh, take away that Jesus loves you. But we're going to see... Uh, 
three things about God's love this morning. It's knowing God through love, confidence through love, and obedience through love. We're gonna start right in verse seven. I'm just gonna read it again. Such a rich text this morning. It starts out with just that word beloved. What, what an awesome word to be described as. Beloved, you're somebody who's loved. Let us w- love one another for love is of God. And everyone who, who loves is born of God and knows God. He, does not, he who does not love does not know God for God is love. In this, the love of God was manifested towards us, that God has sent his only begotten son into the world that he might live through him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. And how do we, this is another test that John's given us as we just look at what it is to have a relationship with God this morning. As we just go through and and we've seen different things throughout 1 John as we tackled this book that we, we, to, to be somebody in a relationship, in fellowship with God, it's, it's important that we're, um, and he kind of covers them all in this text, but this big one that he's covering today is, you know, you know that you have a relationship with God if you're loving other people, if you're spreading that love to others. But John tells us that God is love. God is love. Not that God is loving, not that God has loving tendencies or loving characteristics, but but he just says God is love which means God's incapable of uh, being unloving. He can't be unloving. If he is love, you can't be the opposite of that, right? And this, uh, you know, I think a lot of people just get so caught up in, and especially, you know, you, you get these people that are anti-Christian and, and think the Bible's full of hatred and you just go, well, God is love. And so if you're seeing something in the Bible that doesn't line up with what your idea of love is, then I'm sorry to tell you here, but, but God is love and, and everything that God does is loving. And if you can't see that, you need to take a look at something and, and, and dig deep and wonder what it is that's, well, that doesn't look loving to me. Well, it is. I'm sorry to tell you everything in the book of, uh, everything in the Bible is loving because God is love. All of God's actions are, are love. <clears throat> We're not commanded to love one another, to earn uh, or to become worthy of God's love but we love one another because we are loved by God. And we've received that love. And and we live in that love, right? If we're born again Christians, we know that love, right? We've experienced that love firsthand. If we love, or if love is God, then those who claim to be born of God and claim to know God 
must be able to love one another in the body of Christ. And I've referenced Romans 5.8 probably like 13 times in the last six weeks or whatever, but I'm going to say it again because I think it ties right into exactly what God's love is for us. It shows us just a perfect picture of how much God loves us, how unconditional God loves us this morning. And it's just that God demonstrates his, his own love for us by this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. I want you guys to focus this morning on that first part. While we were still sinners. This would be much different. This would be a much different conversation if it was, well, after we cleaned up our act. After we became worthy of God's love, God loved us. But it's not that. It's while we were still sinners, while we were still dirtbags, while we didn't deserve God's love, God sent his son down to die for us, to, to show us how much he loves us. I think a lot of people get hung up on this. A lot of people in the world get hung up on this idea of love, but it goes back to our scripture just a, a couple of weeks ago. It says, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the father is not in them. And it's this idea that God's love is not of the world. And so really you look at people who aren't Christians and you really go, they've not even experienced the kind of love that we've experienced. <clears throat> and there's a few different words in the Greek for, for love. And, and the world maybe has an idea of what love is. The world's maybe got some ideas of what they think love is. But until you have that relationship that ex you've experienced God's love for yourself, I don't think you can quite grasp what that actually means. And the, there's Greek words, uh, eros or phileo. And, and those are kind of loves we see from the world. Those are loves that are... Um, <clears throat> brotherly love or um, eros means uh, kind of a lustful love, uh, attractional love. The, the word we see here in the Bible is a word that I hope you guys have heard before, but it's agape. And agape is the love that God has for us. And it's described as sacrificial. It's described as unconditional. It's described as always looking out for what's best for us. And I think that's where the breakdown here is. When you see people that don't understand what's going on um, and they don't think that, how can Christians be so narrow-minded? How can Christians do this? How can they listen to what that Bible says? And man, it's because they're looking at love from such a different angle. I've been really digging, uh, our home group's been going through Colossians and and we did Colossians 3 and I've just, I've read it every day this week because it's just so good. Um, I just wanted to share Colossians 3, 12 through 14 with you. It says, therefore, as the elect of God, 
Holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And so what God, what this love shows us, what the love that's described in the Bible shows us is who God is, which is love. Sometimes it feels like we take God's love for granted. Sometimes it feels like we just, I don't know. It's like you have God's love. What more do you need? We walk around as Christians sometimes and go, man, or we walk around and, and look bitter. We walk around and hold on to grudges. When we know what God's done for us, and I just go, man, that's we, something's off. If we're walking around holding on to bitterness, if we're walking around holding on to hate or anger, um, something's off because that's that's not the way God's treated us with His love. But let's just have that reminder that God loves us. I think when we can just stop what we're doing. And just say, the God of the universe loves us and he sent his son Jesus to die for us. Can you just remind yourself that when you start to get bitter? Pretty hard to stay bitter at somebody when you can sit here and think of who God is through love and just go, oh yeah. What am I, who am I to hold on to a grudge when God loved me while I was still just a knucklehead? And still loves me, even though I'm a knucklehead and I love Jesus. Ridiculous. What am I doing getting mad at the, the guy who cut me off in traffic? <clears throat> Number two is we have confidence through love. Verse 12 says, no one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us. And his love has been perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the father has sent the son as savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the son of God, God abides in him and he in God. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love. And he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in the world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. I love that even when John's talking about love, like, man, just really trying to bring home this point about love, that we, we, we have to stop here and just see that John still says you have to know the truth of Jesus, right? You have to still know 
and confess. It says to confess that Jesus is the son of God. And there's some truth in that. And that's what separates us from this other love. But we, John's saying that you have to confess that Jesus is the son of God. And what does that involve? That involves repentance. That involves uh, turning away from your old life and living a life that's, that's gonna honor God. And not that we're perfect. We need to continue to just look at our life and, and say, is this, is this a life that's honoring God? <clears throat> but if we can do these things and have that truth and that love, these things, two things go together. You can't really have one without the other. Well, you can, but it's, it's not of God. To have that true love of God takes the truth of God. But once we can get there, once we can get there and just know, have the confidence of God's love in our lives, God can start to use us in pretty mighty ways. Once we're abiding in God, we've got the Holy Spirit. Once we're a child of God, once we've been born again into this family, we've got the Holy Spirit. And what John's saying here is that as a child of God, the Holy Spirit should give you a conviction to go love other people. Like Jesus loved you. And people respond so differently uh, to God's love. You guys notice that? There's one way that, and John's reminding us here, but God wants us to respond by knowing and believing the love that God has for us. He just wants us to live that out. He wants you to know without a doubt that this love is unconditional. This love is sacrificial. It's that agape love, and you need to know it. But then how do we respond to that? Because we can see some people respond with a sense of self-superiority. And that's just going, well, I'm so great that God loves me because of everything I do in my life. That's, that's not it. <clears throat> some respond with doubt. You guys ever find yourself just questioning, how could, how could God love somebody like me? I'm such a screw up. How, how could God love somebody who screwed up so many times? God doesn't see our flaws though. Once we've been entered in to the king or to the family of God and we repent of those sins, God forgets about them and God moves forward. And God just wants you to live out this life knowing that you're loved and not having doubt that you're, I don't know. How can God really love a person like me? Some of us respond with wickedness. And we've talked about this before too. There's some people that just go, well, I'm covered by God, so I just do what I want and I'll just square up with them later. Just, you know, God loves me, so that's a free pass to do whatever I want to do. I'll just figure this out later. Those are, <laughs> those are not it. God wants us to respond by knowing by experience, you have that experience. If you've become a child of God, you've got that experience of knowing God's love. 
And through that, you should, uh, and believing that, uh, believing that God wants to use you, believing that God loves you no matter what, unconditionally. It says there's no fear in love. Perfect love casts out fear. We have this confidence. It says we have, we're going to have this boldness to us uh, that we can get to the day of judgment and know, hey, I know God's loved me. I've felt that love with everything in me. And I've done, a, I've done my best to go try to show that love to others. <clears throat> but we have this confidence that we don't have to fear. We have this confidence, uh, this assurance that there's nothing to fear. And when we can get over that fear, when we can continue to just grow in God's love, uh, and it takes some work sometimes, it, 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 you know, it, it, we can continue to grow that. And I think the way that we get more assurance and more confidence is just reading the word, being closer to him, drawing closer to him. If you're walking in darkness, you're not going to feel that. You need to be walking towards the light, walking in him. I think once we do that, then we, we get to the part where we can go, all right, God, you love me and, and there's nothing to fear. How can you use me? Because I think that's the second part where we as human beings can just go, I don't know. Like, yeah, I know God loves me, but how's, how's God going to use me now? I think some of us take for granted how much God wants to invest in you. And God wants to use you. But this comes with knowing God's love. This comes with basking in God's love. Feeling that agape love with everything in you that just says, I am a child of God. And God loves me just like like a good mother or father loves me. And it's this kind of confidence that, that should take us to a place where we're going, I don't need to search for love in other places. I don't need things to make me happy. I don't need uh, possessions to make me happy. I don't need to seek love from other people to make me happy. I don't need to seek approval from others to make me happy. My happiness comes through God's love. Uh, I have nothing to fear. There's no anxiety because I'm loved by God. Charles Spurgeon said, all that you can possibly need is Jesus. All that you can possibly need is Jesus. I thought that was so good. So simple. And that's the simple message this morning. 14 verses about how God loves you. And through that, God, we should love other people. Point number three is we are obedient through love. There's this idea that because we love God, God's called us to love others. And this obedience through love, that's a hard one for us this morning, right? Be a hard thing to love people. And we talked about this a few weeks ago, but just to, just, it comes up in scripture. We're talking about it again. There's a reason it comes up a lot. Verse 19 says, we love him because he loved Oh, sorry. We love him because he first loved us. 
If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God who he has not seen? And this commandment we have from him, that he who loves God must also, must love his brother also. And so he just ends on this commandment that says you need to, you need to love one another. But I just love verse 19. Just this reminder. The reason we loved him is because he loved us first. He showed us how to love. And so this is something that should come easy to us. Unfortunately, our flesh, our pride, our human error gets in the way. But I like how it says, um, for he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God who he has not seen? It says, we got people in front of us that we need to love on. And here's the deal. These people who haven't experienced this love of God yet, they need somebody to show them. They need somebody to remind them because they can't see God. They haven't seen God the way we've seen God spiritually. They haven't experienced that love for themselves yet. And until they get to somebody, how many of you guys have had an experience? What brought you guys to God? Was it the love of another Christian showing you God's love? I know that was the case for me. We all have to go out and project Jesus to others. And if God is love, that's how we're going to do it, right? And so to be obedient to this command, to be obedient to what God's told us, Jesus is one command, love God and love others. Be obedient. We have to be people that are just loving on people, no matter how difficult they are. But again, I think we can look back and go like, if we're trying to love people like Jesus loves, that sometimes means that we're giving them some truth that they may not love as worldly, as worldly people. They don't see love the way we see. They see the, I mean, everything that love is in in the world is just, you know, from the movie, The Notebook or something. Um, That's not it. That's not all it is. Um, There's some loving correction that's got to be done sometimes. There's more to love than that. We can see that God's love is that way, but it's still done lovingly, right? God can lovingly correct us and we can lovingly correct other people. But just this reminder this morning that God loves you. And for that reason, you should want to love other people. It's a commandment. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. Um, But I just, I'm going to just end and close here with uh, just a scripture from 1 Corinthians. I call it the wedding, uh, call it the wedding scriptures. 
because it seems like every time it's said at a wedding, but <laughs> I'm going to read 1 Corinthians 13. It says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not loved, I am nothing. The Bible makes it pretty clear. We're nothing without love. You could go be a Bible whiz kid. You could have the power to prophesy everything that's going to happen between now and, and God's second coming. If you don't have love, you're nothing. You have the power to move mountains, but if you don't have love, you're, you, don't, you don't have anything, according to scripture here. <clears throat> Verse three says, and though I bestow all my good things to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. It says, even if it's not through your deeds, it's not through what you're able to give. It's not through anything else. If it's not done in a heart of love, if it's done for other motivations besides love, then it doesn't matter. If you're doing it just to show somebody else, uh, look, at, I'm just being a good person here. But, but you're not doing it out of a place of love for another. It, it doesn't matter. You might as well just save it. Everything we do needs to be because of love. If there's other motivations there, it's, it doesn't matter. Verse four says, love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It is not puffed up. Does not behave rudely. Does not seek its own. It's not provoked. Thinks no evil does not rejoice with iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. There's the truth part of love right there. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. But whether there are prophecies, they, were, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. <clears throat> but, when, but when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I also am known. And now abide faith, hope, love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. Faith, hope, love. And out of faith, hope, and love, the, the, the greatest of these is love. As we come to a close this morning, I just want to encourage you guys during this last song, um, that let's just take a moment this morning to just remember 
God's love, God's full love for you this morning. If you've never experienced that love, I'm gonna also invite my prayer team to come up. Uh, May Mariah and the Weisses, you guys just come up and, and just be available for prayer. If anybody needs prayer this morning, if anybody's feeling like they've gotten to a place that just doesn't feel very loving anymore. That's the thing with us, you know. We can love, and because we're flawed, that can turn into hate. God's love is always loving. We have this condition called sin. Luckily for us that we can move forward, we can repent from this. But if you've never experienced God's love this morning and you're here saying, I I would love to experience God's love this morning, let us pray for you. What better day than today to become a child of God, to give your life to God and and to say, "I, I want to experience that love of God. And I invite you to come down and, and just get prayer. This is a tough day for you and you're here this morning just going, I didn't want to come to church this morning. Mother's Day gives me a lot of anxiety, but you're here. Come, come down and get some prayer this morning. <clears throat> but as we sing this last song, just my simple message this morning is you're loved. You're loved unconditionally by the God of the universe, by the God who made everything. And that should, that, should, that should be all you need. Stop seeking for other things. Stop seeking other things. Stop looking for opinions of other people. Stop doing anything else. And, and if you're not feeling that love this morning, get back into the Bible. Reach out to somebody, ask them for prayer. Stop looking for love in other places and and, and start getting back to the place where you can just feel God's love working in your life.